0: this tweet about jack black once and it was like um someone had said jack black is the only celebrity that needs zero context like i could be abducted by aliens and being probed and jack black could walk by in an ace ventura bathrobe singing black sabbath and i'd just be like yep that's just jack black doing his thing and it's like (laughs) and i'm like yeah that's very
1: true um Hello everyone and yes. welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> We're your average film enjoyers, Jagger and Trey, and we are joined today by Evan. How are you doing today? I am phenomenal. Well,
2: uh, I'm doing really good, except for some of the things I've seen on your letterbox profile. Yeah. Like like <laughs> I just saw Dial of Destiny at a three and a half and I wanna go run to the vomit like
0: Oh, what do you have, Dial of Destiny? Oh, that's
2: a I didn't even finish it. It's a terrible movie.
0: Well, did you see it in the theater, uh, or did you watch it at home? No, I watched it at home. Oh, well, that's why. So I think I might have a little bit of theater bias, because there's definitely parts about that uh, that I definitely enjoyed. Um, Like, the first 20 minutes that happens in the past, I loved that. Um, Because that truly felt like Indiana Jones to me. Um, And then there's a few sequences in the rest of the movie that I liked, I fucking hated the fact that they went back to ancient greece or whatever the fuck yeah i hated that i thought that was so dumb um yeah, yeah. but i also really liked phoebe waller bridge i thought she did an excellent job and i would love to see more indiana jones movies with her um but it is also the lowest rated indiana Jones. Yeah. I movie. Mean, i think i have it at a two and a half uh but it wasn't terrible this okay but it wasn't good either
2: I don't mean to interrupt, but we need to touch on this movie forty-three. Movie forty-three at a two and a half stars is insane.
1: It's not possibly
2: the worst movie ever made.
1: Absolutely. Oh man, it's no three hundred and sixty-five days, dude. It's bad. (laughs) It's really bad. We don't even need to go into that one, Trey. That can. That's its own. Yeah,
0: but that episode. If we did that, they, we, we'd be like, "Hello, welcome to the average porn enjoyer," where we're talking about a movie that is essentially porn. That's what that episode would be called.
1: <clears throat> Let's never do that intro ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We're happy to be here today.
0: Um, obviously, we have Eden Beck, who i had on to sub for jagger last tuesday where we talked about um killer's kiss uh rush and fear and desire um and it was a blast and um the movie we're talking about today is from one of evan's all-time favorite trilogies uh possibly the favorite all- trilogy the his all-time favorite trilogy um so we decided to have him back on today because we had a ida blast uh, with him on Tuesday, and just, the more the merrier, you know, um, but first, uh, this is like, we don't have a time limit on on our recording today, so we're gonna do all of your guys' favorite bits, um, that we're gonna do, we're gonna do some movie news, some 2023 releases, our review, and then we are going to do what we've been watching recently, um, but, uh, yeah, let's get into some movie news. Um, first of all, we got Oscar shortlists uh, this past week. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look over those at all. Obviously, I, the Oscar race has begun, watching all the movies for the Oscars.
2: I looked at them, but I forget, so I'm pulling them back up.
0: Yeah. Um, I There are a few on here where i am kind of like uh why is this not on here or why is this on here but this isn't on here um specifically for visual effects um the oppenheimer oppenheimer is not on the shortlist for visual effects which i find very odd just because of how like, uh, Jagger, I know you're not the biggest fan of that one, but I just, like... I enjoy it. I yeah, enjoy visually, it. that movie is unbelievable. Yes. Um, So that was definitely... It came to as surprise as me, to me. um, There are ones on here that I would love to see win visual effects. I think Godzilla minus one um, could win VFX.
2: Godzilla was really, really good looking, except, and I don't know if you listened to the film Scoop, but Cash brought this up yeah the eye, godzilla's eyes never move and he never blinks
0: yeah that is the yeah, only I heard him moment talk about that. because
2: it, it makes it seem a little cartoony but the effects on all of his attacks the the violence everything was so well done especially for how low the budget is mm-hmm. crazy when,
1: the goal of the movie is to sort of bring back classic godzilla And if you look back at the original Godzilla, even though he does blink, it does feel sort of cartoony. So if you want to defend that movie, you could say that it's sort of the goal to Mm -hmm. revoke that classic or to invoke the classic Godzilla feel. But when it comes to visual effects, I don't see anything taking it away from poor things.
0: Yeah. 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 Another one I wanted to touch on will sound. Um personally I think Oppenheimer should win that. Um, yeah, this... I haven't
2: seen Ferrari yet, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's the only one that I could really see. And
2: the killer had phenomenal sound design in that last that fight scene in the house. Yeah. The sound design was out of this world there. Really, yeah, I mean, really good.
1: Zone of interest you could bring up.
2: Because... Still not out here yet. <laughs>
1: That's definitely so, wishing uh winning international feature film. It is winning international feature for sure. 100%. But for a movie that is very reliant on scaring you with its sound and just the sound of like what's going on in the camps and the guilt mm-hmm. that it's supposed to give in World War II, just with people screaming and crying, that could win. Um it could also go to Napoleon I mean, it's not out of the range of possibility with yeah. a lot of the war scenes. So it could go to a lot of things there. Yeah.
2: I hope um, Napoleon doesn't win. Yeah, I hope. Oh, <laughs> that movie God. sucks.
0: Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, even Mission Possible Dead Reckoning, I could see winning. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Visual effects. Um, this is one that I... Yeah, I, did we already talk about this? Oh, yes, yeah, we, another one I just wanted to touch that. on, and the movie that is uh, essentially a lock, I think, for best animated film, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. One of that, the that, most visual, sun, stunning movies to uh, come out of this decade, maybe this century. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to win best animated feature because it's, it's a masterpiece, but... I just hope it wins visual effects.
1: What else would win? If anything Suzumi. else were
0: to win, uh, Suzumi could win. Well, no visually Suzumi isn't even, oh, if oh, you mean for animated oh, for, for animated. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly could see if it's nominated, I could see Suzumi maybe taking it over, but then you got to take into account the fact that it's a foreign film. Which makes it less accessible to the general public, yeah, and that's usually a fact they take in. And across the Spider Verse might have been uh, one of the most uh, popular movies this year. Right, and here's I'm-
2: a little a little hot take. I I think for animated feature film. I think that Suzumi and Boy and the Heron are the two frontrunners. I genuinely do because Boy and the Heron was supposed to be Miyazaki's final movie, this big culmination of his efforts and his final masterpiece. I know that's not true now, and he's still planning to make more movies. But
0: yeah, which I is. I think Boy and the Heron God. has some
2: legs that could it that could go for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, what score. To score? Quickly. If Oppenheimer doesn't win for best score,
1: I'm gonna go on a... St- Oppenheimer I'm, I'm going should on be strike.
0: Yeah. Trey, yeah. you
1: still haven't seen Poor Things. The Poor Things score... Yes. Just and listening I'm, and I, to it is that movie. It's you really good, but it's not movie. as
2: good as Ludwig's cooking. Okay. Yeah.
0: Ludwig... And, uh, no, you said... Well, no, first I said, like, everybody was talking about how the killer's score was so good. And mm. I said, like, it's nothing impressive. It was just a guitar going bow, 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 like the entire movie. And then you said, and I quote, oh, but it's not can you hear the music? Because entire- In that
1: tone. <laughs> Because the entirety of Oppenheimer was just, can you hear the music in multiple iterations? That's not
2: true. That is not true. true. That is not true. You need to go
1: listen
0: to the album, the score, top to bottom.
2: That's crazy.
0: And it's... So damn
2: the good Trinity song is nine oh. eight, eight nine minutes long and it kicks in the moment and it builds for like six of those minutes and it's this crazy crescendo and it's just so fucking Dude. perfect and it ends in this cerebral soundscape that is just so perfect like I love Poor Things it's my favorite movie of the year Oppenheimer is taking this hundred percent
0: yeah it should. It should. Ludwig Lugwood, Gorenson absolutely cooked yeah. here. And I'm and usually Nolan obviously goes with Hans Zimmer. That's who's done a lot of Nolan movies. I think the only one Ludwig Gorenson has done is Tenant. Uh, exactly. He's doing Dune. Uh, but Hans Zimmer has done the rest of them, and I'm glad he didn't go with Hans Zimmer here. Because every single Nolan Hans Zimmer score sounds the same. And you can tell it by the trailer of a Nolan movie where it's like this huge spanning shot over this vast either like city or field. And then Hans Zimmer score comes in. It's just like,
2: boom. It's still amazing. Boom.
0: And you're just like, come on.
2: It's cornfield chase goes crazy though.
0: That is true. So I think, uh, Oppenheimer is definitely a lock for that. All right. Um,
1: Wait. Is, is, question. Yeah. On the score shortlist, is Anatomy of a the Fall there? No. Um, no. Really? I'm Anatomy watching of the that Fall, tonight, actually. Anatomy of a Fall had the smartest score I've ever seen. Mm. Because there's no music for most of the movie, and when they do have score, it's scored by the main kid playing the piano.
0: Oh, that's cool. I,
1: I thought that was a really interesting choice. And the fact that it's not on there hurts. And the fact that Saltburn is on there also hurts. And as a Saltburn defender, it should not be there.
2: I think Past Lives got robbed in this category. Past Lives has a beautiful score. It's really, really good.
0: I can't say too much about mm-hmm. that because uh, I haven't seen Past Lives yet. But I
1: don't even remember the Past Lives score
0: um let's see uh i mean we got uh in other news we uh finally get to say goodbye to uh the absolute shit show that was the dceu with the yeah. release of aquaman 2 this week um i mean i'm so glad i think there was definitely some shining moments in that uh, universe but a lot of it the majority of it was terrible uh
2: snyder carried it
0: yeah um so glad that is over um also uh this week we oh where was the headline i can't even remember now um yeah, we've gotten a lot of uh, news this week. We got the teaser trailer uh, for part two of uh, uh, Rebel. Rebel Moon, mm-hmm. which I don't know why that's needed. I got I'm about halfway through it right now, and I'm like, this is pretty shit. This is not good.
1: Oh, um yeah i shut it off i don't even get why it exists it didn't need to exist it's well a i think that...
0: the story no. behind it and evan if you know you can correct evan or jagger if you know you yeah. can correct me if you're wrong is like Zack snyder wanted to make a star wars movie yep. but then they Disney either... said no yeah disney said no so he took the story and made rebel moon yeah so well, Rebel Moon
1: was supposed to be a Star Wars movie which looking at it God now God yeah, they didn't leave that stain on the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> yeah with Not all like the Star all Wars the,
2: doesn't have other stains.
1: Yeah with Star all Wars the is- other stains that are on yeah. there. <laughs> the entirety of the prequel trilogy is a stain and the that sequels is so true. and the films yeah, I'm, you. Well, I am, maybe I'll okay. wait
0: for later in the episode to bring out my Star Wars hot take.
2: Yeah, I'll right. drop mine right now because it's related to Zack Snyder. I fucking hate Star Wars. Rebel Moon should have been right up my alley because I don't like Star Wars and I love Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I think that Empire Strikes Back is amazing. I think A New Hope is good. I don't like mm-hmm. the prequels. Revenge no, of the Sith bad. is fun. Revenge of the Sith is fun. Force Awakens is better than A New Hope in my opinion. More Whoa. not, be- maybe not better, but more fun because they're the same movie. They're the same yeah, movie, they're
0: the exact same movie.
2: But I would rather re watch Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Last no, Jedi, was... Rise of Skywalker suck ass, they're terrible. I, I like Last Jedi, I, yeah. Yeah. I have Last that I doesn't impress have... me. D- <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no, I have Last Jedi at five stars.
2: Oh, you really? really? Yeah, so,
0: that's my favorite Star Wars movie. And wow, I, just because I think it's so fun. And I really respect the fact that Ryan Johnson came in and tried to do something different. The casino uh, with sequence the is so
2: bad though it's so it's bad. bad,
0: but like it's a two and a half hour movie. There's other stuff in there besides that sequence. yeah it is an it's absolute good. blast um,
2: um, but I love Zack Snyder. I love all of his movies. I haven't seen The Legend of the Owl or whatever that movie's called, but I love Zack Snyder, so yeah. A movie that was rejected by the Star Wars universe and is made by our father. Maybe the director's cut will be better. I haven't watched Rebel Man yet because I want to wait for the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Watchmen is one of my favorite comic book movies ever made. I love 300. I yeah. love the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Even Batman vs. Yeah, Superman, the I Ultimate mean, Edition. Oh
0: my god, is, dude.
2: It's so good.
0: That's the best movie in the DCEU in my it's opinion. so fucking good. It's peak. So Um, I'm
2: reserving judgment on Rebel Moon until that director's cut comes out.
0: Yeah. Um, So we got that teaser. Um, I mean.
1: Oh, wait, uh, can we quickly talk about the trailer for Love Lies Bleeding, which looks like one of the best movies that's going to be coming out next year?
0: uh, I haven't seen that one, but if you want to give us an overview, Jagger.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's sort of a movie that mixes like a seventies, eighties, like female bodybuilder story.
2: Oh, like, I did see this trailer. Yeah, with, it looks really
1: good. Like a criminal sort of Cohen Brothers looking story, mm-hmm. and it looks like it sort of meshes the two together. Oh, is um, this the one with Kristen Stewart? Yeah. Yes.
2: Day twenty-four.
1: It, it looks um. unbelievable. Um, now. Uh, Evan, you said you had seen it. Do you have any thoughts on how it looks? Because I know it—it it looks like it's really not going to be for
2: everyone. It looks really cool. I thought the trailer showed too much. Fair, but Fair. I think it looks fun. I love Kristen Stewart. Oh, oh, we lost Trey. Um, I love Kristen Stewart. I think I, the visuals look sweet. Performances look good. This the soundtrack was good so far. Like, I'm really excited for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. I don't know where he wants to go with it, and that.
2: Rose <laughs> yes. Glass is amazing. I love Saint Maud, so
1: I haven't seen Saint Maud It's <laughs>
2: really good. It's super twisted, it's fun, so I have a lot of faith in it because Saint Maud is sweet. It's only your second movie, and Saint Maud is awesome, so I'm excited,
0: yeah, I'm. Seeing now that she also directed Saint Maud, I'm definitely excited as well, um, because I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, Saint
2: Maud uh, is a sweet ending. It's really really cool.
1: Yeah, um, true. We... You have that at three stars. What? Saint Maud? No, I don't. You have, have Saint Maud at three stars. <laughs> Dude, I write a review for it. Uh, yeah, you did. What does it say? Tell me. I don't um... remember. Hold on, I have to find your review though. I just saw that you have it at three stars. Hold on. Wait, I see Here. a lot more reviews of on top of it.
0: Let's see. Oh, it's my review is what the hell? Wait, wait, wait I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying raising, to find it. I'm raising that up to a four star.
2: That's what I have it at. It's really fun. I'm trying
1: yeah. to find it. Um, 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 um,
2: but yeah, so I trust Road Glass. The trailer was super cool, nice neon lighting, and really vibey.
1: Yeah. There it is. Just sure it's right. cool.
0: Um, oh, so we got new mo- Uh, Fucking hell, Trey. Uh, Evan, are you a Planet of the Apes guy? Do you like the Planet yes, of the Apes? Yes, I movie? love
2: the trilogy. Okay. Matt Reed's cooked okay. so hard.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Um, We are getting continuous news about the new one, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Um, And it's uh, This one This title says it sets up A new trilogy nearly 300 years After Caesar's end Um, So I'm very excited for that Means more Planet of the Apes content
2: Um, I'm cautiously Optimistic about it I hadn't seen the trailer Because I kind of didn't want to watch it And then they played it before Poor Things So I was like oh guess I'll watch it um it looks dope it's hard to disconnect from matt reeve's universe that he made so i'll reserve judgment on it till i see it but i'm excited because i love the original trilogy it's so fucking good
0: yeah it's really damn good uh um i don't know there hasn't been too much those are really the big ones that i wanted to touch on if you guys have seen anything else that you would like to talk
1: about um, I'm just um on those short lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't include like the big ones, like yeah. the big groups. Yeah, I just really want the like best actor to come out. I just want to see Willem Dafoe for Inside on that list.
2: You That's, are popping f- uh, the copium, brother.
1: I mm, <laughs> here's the thing. It. He gave a one-man performance that was better than 90% of the other performances this year. And he made a thoroughly entertaining movie that is pushing two hours by himself. And it was mostly improvised. It was an incredibly impressive performance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I can't really say anything... About that because I haven't seen inside. Uh, Evan, it sounds like you have. And- I haven't.
2: I I know what okay. it is. I've seen the trailer. I like. I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I saw the reviews of it, and I saw. So I can't properly judge it. I've just seen what other people have said, and mm-hmm. they all hover around that three, three and a half range. So I do want to see it because I love Willem Dafoe. But
0: yeah, for sure.
2: Um. um... Yeah. The, that, the acting categories this year are just insanely stacked, so I think it's a yeah a tough one.
0: After seeing the holdovers, and this leads us into our 2023 uh, releases for the day, All right. uh, I would love... I mean, I don't think he's going to get it, but I would love it if Paul Giamatti won Best Actor.
1: Who's taking it from him?
0: Killian Murphy. Killian
2: Murphy.
1: <laughs> it, it was a good movie, his performance did not was not one of the leading factors.
2: Uh, my brain. That's crazy that is, to say. That is I, crazy to say. I, he, is, guess, he is the movie.
1: I mean, most of the movies with zoom ins on his face, or like a, a a good chunk of his performance was resol- was involving zoom ins of his face. Which, I mean, it's the same as saying that the kid from Come and See was the best part of that movie. Because, I mean, I will stand here and defend Come Yeah, you're Come speaking and facts
2: See. about Come and See right there, that the kid is the best performance and best part of it.
1: I will s- stand by Come and See until the day I die. I believe that it is one of the greatest films ever made. Um, I wouldn't really call his performance acting, like, good acting.
2: His acting I, was so good that he literally grew gray hairs from how stressful he was on yeah, that it, set.
1: I get that it was a stressful set. Crazy filming of that movie. But, I mean, how his, much... Emo- his it...
2: emotion and those pannons to his face are what That's sell what the horror of that film.
1: That movie is just looks of shock and crying.
2: Yeah, but it only reinforces what the film is trying to say to you. Is but, that that sh- that sense of horror? And instead st- of showing you, I mean, they show a lot of horror in that movie with you know cows getting blown up, burning down the barn, horrific yeah. scenes. But those pannons and it's just a pure stone cold face who is so devoid of life. That I
1: know, that that girl's one shot where it's her with the thing in her mouth yeah. and she's like crawling to him. That was more horrifying than a lot of what he did, and his performance felt. It was just like Zac Efron's in Iron Claw, which is another movie that I'm not going to defend, um, but it feels sort of similar where it's just <laughs> shot
2: and. T- <laughs> I can see. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna
0: get in on this conversation because I need to bo- Defoy defend my boy Killian Murphy. Please. Um, oh, okay. So. Uh, Jagger, a movie that we consistently talk about being one of the greatest films ever made uh, Mm -hmm. is from a a director that we are working through right now is The Shining. Now, can we both agree that a lot of the shots, almost half of the shots of Jack Nicholson are the camera zooming in on his face or the camera zoomed in on his face? Can we agree about that?
1: Yes, but they use yes. animals okay. and they use music to make them more haunting. If there was no exactly,
0: exactly, and Is that's that it- what Oppenheimer does. If now, had none of the now-
1: Rick flair, The Shining would have likely sucked. I- <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> okay, um, okay. Oh, oh, we I lost. lost no, now, and, and I cannot, cannot hear you. Hear you.
0: Okay. I'm, there oh, we go. God, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, but does that mean mm-hmm. that Jack Nicholson' performances was bad?
1: Um, I'm saying that the shots that weren't zoom-ins of his face, he gave a great performance. And so did Killian he, Murphy. If you rely on just the zoom-ins of Jack Nicholson's face in The Shining, which I mean, you have probably five minutes worth. I would say that if it was just that, no, the movie would have been really, really bad. But it's those really zoomed out shots where it's him walking down the hallway, where it's not just zoom-ins of his face, which is something that Oppenheimer relies heavily on when it comes to Killian Murphy's performance. See, if you said that Robert Downey Jr. was the best performance of Oppenheimer, I'd say absolutely. I would say that that was a very solid statement to make. But I would say that in Killian Murphy's performance alone paul giamatti clears it with miles in between them
2: that's crazy killian murphy has the ability to elicit so much emotion purely from his eyes he has such distinctive eyes that Mm -hmm. you can sense every bit of emotion coming from him without him saying a single word so those those close-ups are important because Oppenheimer is a movie about Oppenheimer. It's not about anything else. It's about him. That's why yeah. they use the black and white versus the color. Mm-hmm. That's that's why those close-ups are important because the movie is about him. You got those criticisms about, oh, they didn't show the bombings in Japan. Like you, you're not there for that. You're there for Oppenheimer's life. And every moment of that movie like i saw a tweet the other day that the runtime of oppenheimer an hour and 46 minutes of it minutes of it or something like that crazy is only killian murphy like he's on screen for that much he sells that movie just purely through he he just sells it through himself and that one that's what makes him such an incredible actor and that's why he deserves the oscar because that movie is him
1: Okay, Did, the and,
2: supporting and, and cast is crazy. Let me,
0: let me say this. Paul. I'm not saying Paul Giamatti was bad. I saw yeah, The no. Holdovers two nights ago. It's my number two of the year. It's a Christmas movie that I guarantee you I will be watching year-round. Absolutely. And Paul Giamatti was unbelievable in it. Okay. He gave an absolutely heartbreaking performance. Okay. But mm-hmm. Killing Murphy was just better. He was just And a also, editor.
2: like, this is the supporting category, but Dominic Sessa portrayed even, the, like, some incredible emotion for a first-timer in a movie. Like, Paul Giamatti was amazing, but when you're trying to sell a movie based on very small, like, cast, like, not not that Omenheimer has a small cast, but, like, when you're focused in on a small group of characters... Mm-hmm. Those performances sell the movie, and Oppenheimer is just Killian Murphy's time to play. Like, he's there to just perform.
1: The, yeah. I never said Oppenheimer was bad, but I'm saying, did either of you cry while watching Oppenheimer because of Killian Murphy's face?
2: Yes. I cried during Oppenheimer, but I did not cry during the holdovers. What I've seen the whole number oh, three man. times now. I love I the whole I
0: teared up
1: multiple times during that movie. I love the whole. No, no, no. This Wait, is what part my... of Oppenheimer made you cry? I don't get. It's that. just
2: those moments of pure sorrow in his eyes. Okay. Also, I take some medication that makes it hard for me to cry sometimes, so I can't cry at movies as easy as I used to. <laughs> Trey knows what's up. Trey knows what I'm talking about. Um, but. Again, Holdovers is a beautifully heartfelt movie. It's got yes. that Dead Poet Society feeling of love and life and mm-hmm. death and all of this in it. But often
0: comparison.
2: It's Dead Poet Society. Like they're different settings, but it has those vibes to a T. Big time and that is not a like that's not a diss. That's not a it's just it has it recaptures that so perfectly. And I'd watched dead post society like two weeks before I saw the holdovers and I was like, yeah, those are just, those are the vibes.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can agree to disagree either Paul Giamatti or Killian Murphy. I think, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is going to be up for a leading. I think he'll be up for best supporting. And I, and I do think he should win that. Um, so, but let's say, I mean, either, if either Paul Giamatti or Killian Murphy wins, I'm going to be happy.
1: Evan, um, what do you think about the debate that I've heard on TikTok of Barry Keoghan going up for Best Actor?
2: So I want him to go because I love him and I love Saltburn and I love all of his movies. I, I need to pull up like, uh, the Oscar predictions to see who else would be, uh, like in contention. It-
1: even possible that Barry Keoghan gets best actor
2: he wouldn't win but I I would be beyond thrilled to see him because he was snubbed of an Oscar for killing of the sacred deer a nomination for killing of the sacred deer
0: okay. oh, and I will stand by that one Jagger can't really talk about it because Jagger you still need to get into the rest of Yorgos' yeah. filmography so,
2: I, I Bradley Cooper's amazing I think Maestro is kind of overrated
0: Yeah, I've heard it's very. I haven't seen
2: American Fiction yet, so I can't quote on that one. I see this movie Rustin pop up a lot in the contention for best actor. It's on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't talk about that. Um, But I would love to see Barry Keoghan get nominated, just because Mm -hmm. I love him. I think that performance is amazing. It's just such a fun movie. It's ridiculous. It's over the top.
1: Yeah, is it too far out of left field to get like recognition at the Oscars?
2: I think that Poor Things and Saltburn are both in that category of they're out of left field yeah. and are in danger of being too out there for the Oscars, mm-hmm. which is scary and sad because they're both amazing movies that Yeah. And I know Poor Thing or not sorry, I know that Saltburn has issues. I recognize all of them. I think the ending is very spoon fed and annoying. And if they cut out that scene it would be an easily better movie.
1: Song's a banger though. Not that <laughs> scene, the scene before that. Oh, okay. The explanation
2: um, scene, no, the explanation scene that goes on is—I yeah. hate that scene. It's so spoon-fed. It, Emerald Fennel treats you like an idiot that doesn't understand a single thing that's going on in the movie. Yeah,
1: that. That's but true. I still
2: love Saltburn. I really do.
0: Yeah, and with that, I think let's get into our 2023 releases. Yeah. Uh, so you guys both really enjoyed Saltburn. Um, yeah. We try to do, for this, Evan, we try to do spoiler-free since they are new releases. Uh, So, I mean, what are your guys' spoiler-free thoughts? Would you recommend this to people out
1: there? Not the general viewer by any means. It's a movie that takes a lot of, like, knowledge about film to sort of break down until that final scene where, like he said, they do spoon-feed it to you. But that aside, I think, when you actually get down to the movie that one scene aside it is a really fun movie to try and figure out as it goes along um but it is it, it is highly obscene it's really weird um but it's a lot of fun it's quite funny um it's weird it's really weird um not the type of movie to watch with your grandparents either, uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, but <laughs> t- if you go into it with that sort of knowledge, like it's gonna be weird, but not as bad as everyone's saying on TikTok, because yeah. they're really hyping it up to be like this horrible movie. Um, it's not that bad, but it's it's fun. Uh, Evan, what do you like? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so. I am on the opposite side where I think you should recommend this to other people. People blow it out of proportion like crazy that it's the most obscene movie of the year. Poor Things blows that out of the water. That's crazy. Yeah. Um Saltburn is a the first half of Saltburn is this super fun, energetic, you know, there's lots of montages of fun summer and super rich people living their best lives it's funny it's super dark comedy like you just see these obscenely rich people being douchebags and that's all really fun and then it gets into those twisted moments and i think i mean maybe if you were trying to like get some people into weirder movies this is a great one because it's funny and it's weird and it's got a i mean depending on how you feel a satisfying ending it's really really just fun the soundtrack is incredible the performances are really fun everyone carries their weight there's no like lacking even people like uh shit what's her name the red-haired girl she uh she's pam? only in a couple scenes
1: pam what's i gotta her name, pull it yeah she
2: was in P- promising one young woman
1: oh um
0: carrie mulligan
2: yeah her she's only in a yeah. couple scenes Harry is, really Mulligan funny.
0: is in it
2: she's in it for like a scene and a half she's she's barely in it but it, she's still really funny like this movie is just pure entertainment factor I showed it to my girlfriend I mean, she likes weird movies but she had a super good time with it I acknowledged like if you are trying to casually watch it you'll probably have a great time but it does have this weird ending where it really spoon feeds it to you and the director kind of treats you like an idiot. And mm-hmm. I have the film at a 4.5 right now. I would push it to a five in an instant without that explanation at the end because it's not needed.
1: Yeah,
2: I still love it. I've seen it a few times now. I watched it like on unofficial sources before it came out because I missed it in the theaters. And then I watched it on Prime twice. I I have it at... I'll have to pull it up. But it's pretty high... In my 2023 oh, rankings, it's, it
0: says you have it at five stars.
2: Yeah, I might have. I so I raised it out of uh recency bias, um, because yeah. I was having so much fun, but oh my, so it's sitting at 13 right now. It's probably around there. I would probably jingle it back and forth with Bows Afraid. I really love Bows Afraid, yeah, but yeah, Saltburn yeah. is just awesome. Shout out so.
0: Jagger's pajamas. <laughs> his bow is afraid pajamas. <laughs> I don't know if you saw those Evan.
2: Oh, that's what that is. I was wondering. That's awesome.
0: Um yeah, yeah so I really love Saltburn. Yeah, go check it out. Everybody's streaming on Prime right now. Um and Poor Things you both saw this past yeah, week as well. Uh you want to give a going... quick
1: spoiler-free thoughts on those? Yeah.
2: I mean, I'll, talk uh... about
1: a satisfying ending. Wow. Um Yeah, you were saying. You were saying
2: Okay, so I'm a huge Yorgos Lanthimos fan. He is my... Probably tied for favorite director. Mm -hmm. So, Yorgos also... I don't have a movie of his below, I think, a 4.5. Maybe a 4. I have to check my dog-tooth rankings, but... I love his twisted sense of humor. I love his really fucked-up worlds. I love his super stoic dialogue that is really janky and weird, the way it's uh, spoken. Poor Things does not have this. Um weirdness in the dialogue it's still written the same in that essence but it's not spoken that way which when the movie first kicked off i was kind of sad about it i'm not gonna lie but poor things is a blast it's long it's over it's like two and a half hours long but it blows by it's kind of split into these different like sections it's got little intermission title cards for all the different areas yeah. and it, it they're beautiful like Just to touch on, this movie is stunning. The like the the sky boxes are to die for. It's crazy how good this movie looks, and then
1: the performances
2: admired
1: fish eye lens shots. Oh my god,
2: the fish eye lens he uses it a lot in this movie. It's crazy. It looks out of this world, and it fits every scene. He uses it in so well. The The performances from Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, they're just hilarious. They're so good. Mark Ruffalo is fucking hysterical in this movie. (laughs) He, like, I know there's a lot of Mark Ruffalo haters out there. I've never been one of them. He's hilarious in this movie. He's funny and weird and, like, pathetic at points. It's awesome. (laughs) Especially in the third act, he's just hysterical. Like, this movie is so funny The lobster has a lot of weirdly comedic moments, Uh, but this one. Well, the lobster is
0: totally a comedy.
2: Oh, absolutely! Like, killing of a sacred deer is pure drama. It's got those weird, awkward, funny moments, but the lobster has a lot of jokes in it.
0: Lobster is so funny.
2: Yeah, poor things blows that out of the water comedy wise. It's hysterical, and it's a lot of like quick, quick, quick quips. Emma Stone is just dropping joke after joke. And it's not like intentional jokes, but she just drops these hilarious lines. I was yeah. in the theater with two other people and I don't know if they knew what they were getting into because they weren't laughing and I was the only one laughing and I felt like I was out of place because I was laughing really hard at times. But yeah, I love poor things. It's it's my number one movie of the year, which I'm not surprised by considering how much I love Yorgos Lanthimos. the most. But yeah. yeah, it's awesome. What do you mm-hmm. think,
1: Jagger? Oh my God! Um, there's a like you said, there's a lot of like lines in this movies, and I in this movie, and I would even say terms. like just weird terminologies that. Yeah, the way cool. she
2: refers to sex is it made me laugh every single time she said it.
1: Oh, furious jumping! A yeah. whole
2: fuck, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, so I've got my own like interpretation on this movie that uh it is like, it's a full. Thing you can read my letterbox review if you want to hear it, but um, we'll save that after Trey after you eventually do watch it. Um, we'll do like a full episode on it because I feel like there's a lot to unpack with it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but spoiler-free thoughts: it's a masterpiece, um, in every sense of the word. I really only have one complaint, and it was like I Trey we've said it a million times on the podcast: Mm -hmm. sex and nudity in a movie is not an issue. Um, yeah, but I feel like even though they were really proving their point with it, and I think that for a good chunk of the movie, it was not a problem at all. But during the Paris segment, it started to feel like a little gratuitous, like
2: Mm. interesting,
1: like, here's the thing. I it's a huge part of Bella Baxter as a character, Um, but they were trying to make a lot of jokes with it at one point. And I get that when it goes back to, um, Rami Youssef and Willem Dafoe, in between both of the two storylines going on, between Bella's story and Rami and Willem's story, um, Bella's eventual sex life, you could say, becomes a huge part of the story. But I think that it just started to feel like they were milking that cow dry and continuing to attempt. That's Um, really
2: interesting because I think that Paris is arguably the most important part of her sex life because it re... I I won't even get into my point because I want to save that for a spoiler discussion,
1: but... Yeah, yeah. and it's an incredibly important segment, don't get me wrong, but I think they could have cut like five minutes off of it. Five, ten minutes off of it. In between there. Um... Because it was a long segment. It was like a 45 minute segment. The Paris thing alone. Um, And I think if they had cut like 5 minutes off of it. I would say it's a perfect film. I have it a 99 out of 100 now. If I rewatch it. I feel like there's enough good in it. To just push it to that point. Um, But that aside. I believe that there is not a single flaw. I think the cinematography is beautiful. Um, the visual effects, like actual VFX done in post, are beautiful. Uh, like you said, the skybox is absolutely wonderful. And
2: Willem Dafoe's makeup is awesome.
1: Willem Dafoe's makeup, it was four hours to put it on, two hours to take it off every that's crazy. day. And that's the grind. And Willem Dafoe is, in my mind, the greatest character actor ever. Um, And I feel like there is... So much utter perfection in the script, cinematography, performances, narrative. Um, the way that they twisted the Frankenstein narrative, as he put it, and the way that they took the book, and And I have not read the book, um, but hearing what people who have read the book have said, he changed certain things that were flaws in the book and like sort of ironed them out for the movie. And I really respect that. That's the same reason I love The Shining. Um, the Shining is a movie that stays not totally faithful to the book. Oh, it's um, like complete Yeah, Stephen,
2: Stephen King hates the book, the movie.
1: He yeah. hates it. Um, so I think that I really respect that. And I respect everything about this movie. And I cannot wait for a spoiler discussion.
2: Yeah, because too. Hey, you gotta see it. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. Um, yeah. What about you? trade uh, so, You see
2: any trend? Twenty twenty three releases yeah, recently? Yeah,
0: I'll touch on these real quick since I mean I were having great conversation, but we're already we haven't even gotten to our IMDb movie and we are currently forty seven <laughs> minutes in. Um, so I'll just touch on the ones I watched real quick. Um, I watched um, May December. Um, what you
1: What do you think of that? I feel like we can even was, go into more discussion. It, more. I
0: mean, obviously that's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and I had no prior knowledge of the story. I was told just to go in blind, um, by my brother. Um, I think if you have prior interests and like, or were uh, compelled, I don't want to say like, but were compelled by this story when it happened, I think that you're going to enjoy this one. For me personally, I had never heard of it before and I was like, okay, I mean, the story was fine. Um, I felt like it was really, really slow at some points. Yeah. I agree with you, Jagger. I have no idea what this is doing in uh, Best Picture, Comedy, or Musical at the <laughs> Oscars. Crazy. Uh, this movie is extremely uncomfortable, and it's toxic, yeah. and it's oddly terrifying. <laughs> um,
2: the funniest line of, Por- of May-December is right at the beginning when Julianne Moore goes... I don't think we have enough hot dogs, and it goes go like the big operatic score. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think this is debatably Julianne Moore's best performance in her oh, career. Really? Oh really? So have you? Um, I've seen Boogie Nights. How about I've, Still Alice? I've seen, seen it. Uh, Still Alice. I've seen the Big Lebowski. Um, I've seen all of her big ones that she's right. like known for.
2: What about yes, Magnolia? She's pretty good, Magnolia.
0: Magnolia. She is excellent, but. Wow i think the way she was able like i have never seen her change so much from how she is as a person to get into a character Hmm. um i thought she was absolutely terrifying as uh what's her character's name um gracie um i thought he was she was terrifying Mm -hmm. Um, the one line that I will use to point that out is... Because you guys have both seen it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The one line I'll use to point that out uh, is the who was in charge. Yeah. Oh my... That whole scene, I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Um, I thought Natalie Portman was good. Um, (laughs) I didn't think she was amazing.
2: Her monologue at the end is out of this world, though. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, but I didn't think... She was bad. Um, also, Charles Melton was excellent at playing an awkward yeah. uh, man child.
2: The scene um, when he's on the roof with his son is one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. Yeah. he was So well-active and well-written. But out that of that lot-
0: stuff, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am interested in watching, uh, that was my first Todd Haynes movie. Oh yeah. So I'm interested in watching, well I have, I'm not there on my watch list. That's been on my watch list for a long time. That's really weird and good. <laughs> um, but I am interested in watching Carol and dark waters, um, which I've heard good dark things waters about is awesome. Both of those. Um, and then as hey, I tri- said, Christmas Eve, I went oh. and saw the holdovers, um, which was my first watch of that. Uh, I think this is Alexander Payne's masterpiece. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing... Oh, God, sorry, guys. My microphone is doing that thing again. Um,
1: I mean, I agree, but I think thing election that is...
0: The Jagger, I think you might have over it is election. Am I correct about that?
1: No, I have holdovers over election, but I think election's really, like, pushing it close.
0: Yeah. Um... I think that this movie was masterful. I think it was so simple. Mm-hmm. I think that it was so... But it was also so elegant and so mm-hmm. well done. And it was such a beautiful story. And he tra- he balanced like three different tones. And he balanced them so well. Um, I, I really want to
1: see divine joy randolph at supporting actress at the oscars oh
0: yeah she was amazing yeah um but i definitely have election like right behind this yeah. um but i think this is like a perfect christmas film um i think this captures like the feel of the holiday season like no other film i've seen yeah um and i i, I just loved it so much i was He's- so happy that it lived up because I had such huge expectations going into it, just hearing from everybody how good it is and I was like, maybe my expectations are too high and then I watched it and I was like oh no, they were not high enough
1: Is it going to crack your top 100 though?
0: I think so when I redo my list, I think it definitely will. The Holdovers is
2: amazing I watched it by myself and then I showed it to my girlfriend and she said this is my favorite Christmas movie of all time
0: Oh, it's mine too. I was like Easily. holy shit.
2: Like Easily. that opening scene when Silver Joy comes on is just so like it just puts you at peace. Like this movie is so fucking cozy. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. so funny.
2: Yeah. I mean, Alexander
0: really Payne funny. is he has a very specific sense of humor that I just like I can't get enough of.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen any of it. Like
0: uh Oh, well you should definitely watch Election Um, uh god that movie is so funny um uh but where he's talking to the uh the uh like headmaster uh dr woodrup yeah uh and he's like dr woodrup you are the human embodiment of penis cancer (laughs) i was dying i was laughing
1: so hard um, so yeah, they that... called this kid a troglodyte too. Just the yes. use of words, crazy. The word crazy that brilliant. that
0: that did not get the movie canceled by a bunch of people just like,
2: like. I'll never get over him just giving every single person he meets Marcus Aurelius's. Uh, <laughs> <meditation. It's laughs> that so was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, funny, and the shot I...
0: at the end where it's the book full of them. Yeah. Oh, so good. I kept um, seeing
2: tweets, and it was like. My family's not ready for what they're about to get hit by. It's just a stack of the copy of books.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, those were the only two I saw this week. Um, but let's get in. Today to Tuesday. Watch. Oh, go
2: ahead. Let me touch on Thanksgiving really quick. I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen this or talked about it.
0: No, we haven't.
2: It's a blast. I So I'm kind of conflicted on Eli Roth. I like hostile movies because they're if you're in that movie for like mood for saw yeah or something like that ho- hostile the same thing it's that torture porn it's really fucked up Hostel's not very good but it's no it's know, not it's fine there's some cool kills. There's some really gross stuff. Like the first movie is the scene where this guy gets his Achilles tendons cut. Dude, I've it's seen awful. that. I hate I that ho- scene I've seen so Hostel. It's yeah. d- absolutely that rancid. That scene is painful. He's like, oh, you're free to go. And he stands up and there's just a shot of his heel splitting open. It's terrible. Yeah. So I'm kind of split. I hate the Green Inferno. I think the first half is painfully boring. That movie is so, so weird and it's yeah, it's just boring.
1: The thing I hate about Green Inferno, if I may just touch in. Yeah, go for it. Um, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust.
2: Yeah, same. Um
1: and I feel like number one, weird enough that Eli Roth liked that movie enough to make his own version of it. I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, it's a good, it's a, it's a decent movie, really interesting for what it tried to do. But the fact that Eli Roth saw it and immediately went to do it himself. I hate when a director does that, because it's sort of like, and I know it's been done, uh, it's been said a million times, when you look at Saltburn, you can say the debate of Emerald Fennell saw someone use this aspect ratio, so therefore she went and did it. Yeah, everyone also
2: says that it's a ripoff of Talented Mr. Ripley, which
1: I have not seen,
2: so I can't comment on that, but everyone Mm -hmm. says that
1: yeah and i mean it's sort of that same thing where it's like he saw cannibal holocaust and said i can do that yeah and he didn't do that um so i don't know that's yeah. not for me
2: okay uh yeah green inferno it, it has some cool kills i'm kind of split on eli roth like as an actor he's as larry's he's hysterical and inglorious bastards um yeah but thanksgiving okay. is really fun the first scene is this black black friday massacre of just the stampede of people it's hilarious super well shot the movie is really good i think it touches on the characters and the backstories a little too long like 10 minutes maybe mm-hmm. i've it at a four star the kills are amazing the kills are so good i would highly recommend it it's out just on VOD right now to rent like you it's out there um yeah i'd highly recommend it it's a really fun movie and yeah, so that it was really good, and Addison Rae is in it. I thought I would hate Addison Ray, but you know she was good. Honestly, yeah, it's, she's it's, nice. It's, to it's like actually that a good time. Too. I yeah, I'd really recommend it. It's, <laughs> it, it. it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I want to say. It's a fun time. Yeah, cool. I'd recommend it.
0: Yeah. Uh. So as people know, it is Tuesday, obviously, and so it is time for our next movie in our IMDb. Uh, series. Um, and that is number 219. I want to say, I don't know, I can't remember what number it is for us. Um, but we will
1: be cutting through it. Wow,
0: yeah, man, we're flying. Uh, oh no, it's number 220. No, yes, number 220. I was right. right. Um, yeah, number two twenty, uh, Richard Linklater's uh, second installment in the Before trilogy, Before Sunset. Um, this film stars uh, our two main actors are the they are the only ones I believe of recognition that I want to shout out, um, which is obviously uh, the great Ethan Hawke, and. Um, And uh, Julie Delpy, which was, this was my first experience with her as an actress. Um, Quite enjoyable, by the way. She is is excellent. Um, This movie was released in 2004 with an IMDb of, I believe, yeah, 8.1. We're still in the (laughs) 8.1s. Yeah, Uh, movie before this. Obviously, we'll touch on, since this is the second one in the trilogy. We will be giving that movie a full review later in our IMDb series, because it's higher up on the list. Um, But this is the one we're touching on today. Uh, Before Sunset. Nine years ago, two strangers met by chance and spent a night in Vienna that ended before sunrise. They are about to meet for the first time since. Now they have one afternoon to find out if they belong together. Um... So, I'm gonna... Let's give our opening thoughts. Um, Jagger, I'm gonna shoot it over to you first, and then Evan, you can follow him up.
1: Okay, we're talking about Before Sunset, currently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Before Sunrise is my favorite, or maybe, like, in top three romance movies. Um, I love this movie. It's much lower on my top 100, though. Uh, I don't love it as much as I do Before Sunrise, Um, but that aside, I do love it. I think that it captures the gold that is the incredible dialogue and the raw dialogue of the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that it starts with the realization that they did not go through with the six month plan at the end of the movie gives it this feeling of, oh, this could be real. This could have been a real story. And I think that's where the before trilogy shines. The aspect of it could happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's beautiful about a lot of Richard Linklater's movies. um, Is the complete possibility and raw realness of them. Um, And I love that. Uh, But I'll pass it over to Evan to see your... Yeah, I'll try and keep
2: this brief cuz this is my favorite romance movie ever made and it has my favorite ending to a movie ever. So I will give some brief thoughts and then we'll pass it over to Trey and then we'll do a more depth cons- uh, conversation. Yeah. I adore this movie. Every single scene is so genuine. That's the thing about these before movies that I love so much is how genuine they feel and a big part of that is how the dialogue is really improvised. And also writ- like, written by Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Um, it's just so fun. And it's also, it's full of those kind of realizations that Jagger was talking about. And, you know, are we going spoilers on this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like, you get that scene where uh, Ethan Hawke lies about going to the train station. He's like, oh, no, I never went. And then he's like, oh, I did go and you just have these moments where you realize oh Ethan Hawke was that that dumb romantic at first but yet mm-hmm. they still manage to connect and it the fact that this movie's kind of set in real time instead of before sunrise where it's over the entire night this movie's set over like an hour and a half instead yeah. of that night um really adds to that that feeling of how much connection they have to each other how much chemistry is still there even after nine years they immediately fall back in love and that's it and you have that amazing boat scene like the this this movie is just so full of happiness and love and it just mm-hmm. culminates in such an incredible ending i was re-watching the ending before we did this podcast yeah we'll touch on it later but yeah i just love this movie it makes me so happy it it's just so perfect yeah so I'll um, leave it at that, and then we'll get deeper into it.
0: Yeah, this is my first experience with this trilogy. Um, I woke up this morning. I watched Before uh, Sunrise. I loved it. Um, and then I took a little nap um, and watched Before Sunset. Um, and I loved it even more. Um, I think I Before Sunrise, I gave a 4.5 Before Sunset. Uh, I gave a five. Um, I think it's excellent. Um, I'm going to touch on something that you guys have both touched on is the, uh, rawness and the real, the realism of the dialogue. Um, it really just feels like you're, that you have a camera following two people, um, and you're just watching them go through their day-to-day life, um, which I find very, very interesting and I think that's a very hard thing to obtain for a lot of films. Um, Obviously, Julie Del... Is that her name? Julie Delpy? Yeah. Um, It's Delpy
2: or (laughs) Deply. Oh, it's one of those two.
0: Yeah. Uh, And Ethan Hawke. They obviously have, like, unbelievable chemistry um, together. Um, And what's interesting is that um we you see like these two characters and the first one where Jesse is more of the cynic and especially you see it with the interaction after the uh lady reads palms like the yeah. palm
2: reader and even the um, poet and, too
0: yeah and Celine is definitely more of the romantic um And then I feel like it kind of switches in this next one where Jesse ends up being more romantic and Celine ends up being more of the cynic, uh, which I find very interesting. Um, And I I don't think that it felt weird to do that, like change the fundamental views of the characters that we were already familiar with. Um, I think Richard Linklater did a really good job at it. Um, by explaining like some of the backstories they have and how it affected their views on life, specifically in those two areas. Um, But yeah, I thought this was excellent. I think the cinematography is beautiful. Um, I think Ethan Hawke is the shining star here. I mean, he's he's really the shining star in any movie he's in because he's amazing. Yeah. and, yeah, I just... I loved it. I loved
2: it so much. Um, yeah, I think what you said about how they switch, and you talk about, like, Celine becoming more cynical while she's working, mm-hmm. I think, for the UN. I don't remember. I didn't get she's a chance working, to watch it. Like, she's
0: working for, like, an environmental... An environmental
2: so she, she kind of gets that, that feeling of what life can be and how fucked up it is. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know... That's she kind of gets that realization of nothing is really lovey-dovey perfect.
0: Yeah, because there's even like uh, a conversation that they're both having on the on the bus in the first one, where Ethan Hawke asks asks her like, "Do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe in eternal souls and all that stuff?" And she says yes. And then they he asks her the same question in this one like they for they both forgot they had that conversation and she says no definitely not yeah. um and it's just so it's such an interesting look at how her job has affected the way she views things exactly like you said yeah
2: and, and then, it, then you have Egan hawk who is r- literally written a book about the most incredible night in his entire life yeah in hopes of finding that love again and he is his entire life has been changed by this one night, and he yeah. his his whole mission in life is to rediscover that. Yep. And you know he kind of plays it off as ah, nah, it's just like a book I wrote, but deep yeah. down it's that that search for Celine all along. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. So I want to do our four questions that I don't know if we did. I don't think we did them for Rush, Evan. You
2: you told them to me, but I didn't answer all yeah,
0: of Yeah, because uh, you hadn't seen Rush in a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to do those for this movie to kind of guide our conversation. Yeah. Um, first one, most rewatchable scene. Jagger, why don't you go ahead first?
1: Most rewatchable scene? I'll go with the ending. I feel like it's sort of... It again, I'll go back to this with Before Sunrise. It made me tear up out of joy. Just, like, the happiness that that was the ending of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evan, what about you? What's the most rewatchable scene for you? I'm going to
2: gush for a moment, because Before Sunset has my favorite movie ending of all time, so clearly that's my pick. I love the boat scene. I think it's so fun, and it's Mm kind of, you know, Celine's really against it at first, and Ethan Hawke's kind of in that spontaneous moment, but... The ending with the the ballad is so beautiful. It makes me cry every time I watch it. Yeah. You have Celine being a little sheltered for a, a good chunk of the movie, and then you realize, oh, she didn't write a book, she wrote this song for Jesse. And it's so beautiful. God,
0: this movie, man. This
2: fucking amazing scene where they put Nina Simone on and Celine is just talking about how awesome she was to see in concert. And she says, Oh baby, you're gonna miss that flight. And Ethan Hawk looks back and he's got this fucking amazing smirk on his face and he goes, I know. And then it just ends. Like I legit wanna get those those words tattooed on me because it's it just makes you I have fucking goosebumps right now, just talking about it. It's such yeah. an amazing ending.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's perfect. Um, but the most rewatchable scene for me, um, and I will preface this by saying a lot of the enjoyment and how I rate a romance film is how much I relate to it. Um, like looking at personal relationships I've had in my life and how much I can relate to it. Um, and that's where I get, uh, a lot of my emotional reactions during films, especially when I cry is either relating to it. Or connecting with it somehow—that's that's where a lot of my emotional reaction comes from. Um, so the scene where uh, he talks about having dreams about her and waking up like where they're together and they're happy, and then he wakes up sobbing—I was sure. like, "Duh, been there, brother." Um, <laughs> God. And that whole scene where she gets like frustrated at him for telling her that, yeah. because she's like, "Ah, oh, now you're doing it again. I'm falling in love with you again. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's just ah, uh, it's so damn good." Um, but that ending as well. I mean, yeah. it's God, it's so good. Um, so Evan, I'll kick this question to you first. Uh, who won this movie? So, if this movie like won an award, what would it
2: win? okay so as a preface the first movie did not have writing credits for ethan hawk or julie dipley even though most of the dialogue was improvised by the two of them mm-hmm. i think and both of them got writing credits on the second one i think that's that's it like i can't pick one between the two performances they're both out of this world incredible the writing the fact that they both wrote that That's what I would pick. Like, it's so fucking perfect. And a scene I wanted to touch on, it's in Sunrise, not Sunset. Mm -hmm. And I'll, if if I get invited back for the Sunrise review, the graveyard scene, like, yeah, Julie Depley is telling this beautiful story about a random fucking kid that died in a river. And you have such an intimate moment that was, it probably wasn't written by Richard Linklater. He's an incredible director and writer, but... Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. and Julie Depley are the reason these movies are as good as they are. Is those conversations that just came naturally from how good their their chemistry is? Like uh, that's my pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has to be the writing. More. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Jagger, what about you? What wins for you? Um, I think the duo of Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy together are the base and every layer above it mm-hmm. they are this whole movie
0: yeah um i think that it's ethan Hawke for me his performance um i think this is my second favorite performance from him um, I don't see anything except training day, which I have yet to see. Oh. Um, I don't see anything but training day taking over his performance for in first reformed for yeah. me. Um I mean he's just that movie's it's God, incredible.
2: Dude, it's so we'll we'll good. have a
0: full episode on that movie and we'll ju- we'll just do a Paul Schrader episode. Yeah, dude, and I just love talk Paul about
1: <laughs> fucking peak films. Oh, um I- have either of you seen Mishima: A Life in Four Chapters? I haven't seen it, but I really no. Want to. I've heard. I've of seen it. almost
2: all of his other movies, though.
1: It looks really good. I might just watch that. Later. They did a watch um, party
2: for it in the Discord tray, and every single person gave it like a four point five or up. That's really sick.
0: Is it a yeah. Paul Schrader one? Yeah, he
2: wrote and directed. Oh, it. Oh yeah, it's his like I, magnum opus.
0: And the Card Counter is yeah, super I've seen that. underrated. Yeah. Um, I really still need to see Master Gardener. We're going we're going down
2: a rabbit hole. Uh <laughs> uh, I
0: think this is his best performance right behind First Reformed. Yeah. Uh for me. Um, or honestly, the black phone. He's so good in the black <laughs> yeah, phone. That's really great. Um, but yeah, Ethan Hawke wins this for me. Um, does this movie belong in the IMDb IMDB top two fifty? All three I, of
1: them do. All three of them.
0: Yes. <laughs> I can't say anything about Before Midnight, because I have yet to watch it, but the first two, definitely 100%. Evan, yeah, I'm assuming me, you're going to say yeah.
2: <laughs> me, me and Trey were chatting before we started recording about, and I said I thought I had Before Midnight or 4.5. It's a 5. Like, yeah. This trilogy is so fucking amazing in its rise and fall. Like, before, I don't know if you've seen Before Midnight, Jagger, but
1: I have.
2: I have. I don't I you weren't here for this, but I put off watching before midnight for like three or four months because I knew what was in it and I didn't want to see Jess and Celine enter even an ounce of conflict outside of what they already saw. Like before sunset absolutely belongs there. I yeah. I'm kind of sad that it's this low down at two twenty or whatever it is. Um yeah, yeah it, it's a hundred percent there.
1: I'll yeah. rewatch the trilogy at some point, just all the way through rewatch it, but mm-hmm. I believe all three of them, from what I remember, the along yeah. there.
0: Uh now, our final question, our favorite question. Do either of our main characters beat Jack Torrance in a fight?
1: With the power of love they do. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 No, no. Probably
2: probably not. Maybe no. Celine. Celine would have a chance just because she's got that the earth is fucked rage behind her.
0: It's definitely, uh, that's definitely, uh, a, a possibility.
2: (laughs) If Um, if Jack Torrance came up to her and he's like, Oh, I love mining oil and I hate global warming. It's not real. Then yeah, maybe Selene had a chance, but
0: yeah, probably not. um, (laughs) So, uh, yes. Before sunset, uh, it's not streaming anywhere. You can rent it most places. If you um, are in
2: Canada, it's on Crave.
0: There
1: oh, you go. even yeah. better question. Why are you not just buying the Criterion box set with all three of them so you can watch it costs
2: $150 where I live.
1: <laughs> Good point, but worth it?
0: Maybe. Well, it's probably know. worth it. Up to you. Um, but yeah, let's get in uh, to our final segment of the show. Uh, I'm going to kick it to Jagger first. Jagger, what have you been watching?
1: Oh, um. so I'm going to go from where we left off with Brett's movies and just really rapid fire it because you're going to see a lot of. Wait, re-
0: but repetition. we did an episode. Oh, but we didn't talk about it on Friday.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to rapid fire it because there's a lot of repetition. Uh, yep. Whiplash, I gave five stars for the first time. I had it at four and a half for a while, but I gave it five because. You woke up. It's incredible. Um,. Chunking Express five, uh, yep. W. Grease five, um. <laughs> I love Grease. Uh, Chunking Express again five. That's two days, two Chunking Express watches. Um, then Jingle All the Way four and a half. One of my favorite Christmas movies. Then Fallen Angels five, and then I went back to back again with Chunking Express five Damn. again. Um. <laughs> Then I watched Gummo and I had that at four and a half, but I pushed it up to a five because how much I just love that movie. I've heard Um, things about that movie. uh, I watched (laughs) not good things, not bad things. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Just (laughs) things. Just
2: thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Frequently in the most fucked up movies ever made lists.
1: Yeah. Absolutely not. But all right. Then I watched um I re-went back into Nightbreed and made a review that was basically just an ad for our episode. Uh, Then I watched Chunking Express again, five stars. Uh, Then I watched the SpongeBob Christmas special and gave that a four and a half. That's just a lot of nostalgia for me. Uh, I rewatched Disaster Artist, four and a half, because I absolutely adore that movie. Uh, Then I watched the new South Park Paramount Plus special, not suitable for children, and gave it one and a half. Uh, I think that South Park might be losing its touch. I really hope not, but it's not out of the range of possibility. Then I watched The Killing, two stars, uh, Poor Things, five, Iron Claw, three, Oh Hello on Broadway, five, uh, Saltburn for the first time, four, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, three, Polar Express, four and a half, The Ref, four and a half, Anatomy of the Fall, four and a half, and then rewatch of Saltburn this morning, four.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, Evan, you want to, I'm I'm going yeah. back
2: to the twenty. 20- third yeah i'm going from the 20th i don't have a lot of logs this week i'm just going from when we last did our episode i don't have a lot so it'll be quick yeah i'll save my first watch for the end because i want to talk about it i rewatched the lobster four and a half love it it's Mm -hmm. not quite as good i had it at a five i dropped it a little bit i do really love it i think the second half is not quite as good as the first half but it's still fucking awesome poor things five i watched the 1975 at their very best live from madison square garden concert video on Prime, fucking okay. love yeah. that band, so fucking good. Watch Poor Things, Perfect Five with a Heart. Thanksgiving yeah. gave it a four. I rewatched Who Killed Santa, a Murderville mystery on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen Murderville; it's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, I've, the I've, watched, Santa I've watched some of it. The Who Killed Santa is hilarious. Uh, I watched Elf, Five of the Heart, Christmas Story is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I've seen it every single year since I was born. It's perfect. It's fucking awesome. I love it. Also, I watched Dead Silence uh, slightly under the influence with many other people. I gave that a four just because of how hard I was laughing with other people. <laughs> I've seen this movie before. It used to be a one and a half. I don't think it's very good, but it was really fun to watch with other people, so it gets a four. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. My well, just... first watch I will briefly talk about It's called Satan Tango. It's on the letterbox 250, which is the only reason I watched it. It's over seven hours long. It's a Hungarian black and white movie, and it fucking sucks. It is painfully boring. Every single scene is blown out of proportion by how long the shots are. There's probably an hour in this movie of just people walking down roads with zero dialogue, walking away from the camera toward the camera. It's it's i find that um shit, what's his name wait where did you watch it uh wh- it's you it's on the internet archive like if you just google santan tango full movie it's on the internet archive you can watch it there
1: because what you're describing <laughs> sounds amazing so it's it's really really not good uh bellatar
2: made this movie it could have been two and a half three hours max the things at the first, the first hour is really, really interesting, and then it devolves into this act with a doctor who needs more uh, brandy. So there's about forty five minutes where he's walking to go get some more. It's really boring. I think that this guy was overindulging a lot, and a lot of these scenes are too long for their own good. I watched this over two days because I frankly got so uninterested by it that I had to turn it off. Uh yeah, so shout out Oscar who gives this a 4.5 out of 5 and I think is glazing this movie way too hard.
0: I think Oster, Oscar is too smart for his own good.
2: He he his review was this is really good but I'm not smart enough to give any single type of uh analysis on it. Yeah. I I genuinely only watched this because it was in the Letterbox Top 250 and I've been going through it. Um mm-hmm. I will never watch it again. I won't recommend it to people unless they're trying to go through the top two fifty. I think it's painfully boring. It drags. It's it's just long for the sake of being long. Like I know War and Peace, the Napoleon movie, is the same length as this, maybe longer. I've heard that's amazing. It's probably it probably is, but this is just long for the sake of being long. So yeah, I gave it a one star. Right. And that's uh, that's my last week.
0: All right. Um, I guess I'll go to the 20th as well. Uh, We're going to do speed round because I'm always the one who has the most watched. Um, Watch the autopsy of Jane Doe with Emile Hirsch and Brian Cox. Really good. good. Really good. Uh, I watched Blue Valentine for the first time. Uh, Ryan Gosling, debatably his best performance. It was a solid film. Uh, I watched George uh, Malise's uh, trip to the moon. um, Classic. Uh, revolutionary. Really interesting. So good. So um, good. Watched uh, Robert Zemeckis' A Christmas Carol. Uh, horrifying, but not as bad as I remember. Uh, I watched Shattered with Cameron Monaghan and John Malkovich. Um, that really fucking sucked. Um, there were some boobies in it, which was nice, I guess, but could it save the movie? Um, I watched Animal Kingdom with Ben Mendelssohn. Uh, that was peak. Uh, guy. love Ben Mendelsohn. Um, finally, I I guess I hadn't logged it from a few weeks ago, but I had watched Eighth Grade. Uh, it's really good, really really solid coming of age film. Polar Express four and a half. X Men Origins Wolverine three and a half. Um, I just eat up anything with Hugh Jackman as Lord of the Ring. It obviously has massive issues as far as <laughs> continuity goes, <laughs> and just wild stuff. Um. Like yeah, I I just don't think of a part of it as as part of the X Men universe because it's just like everything about that movie just it's all continuity errors. It's ridiculous. Um, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I watched We're All Going to the World's Fair for the first time.
2: I really want to see that.
0: God, it's fucking amazing. Five stars. Uh, my review was an absolutely haunting. Um look into the teen psyche when exposed to loneliness and isolation just an unbelievable experience from beginning to end um really absolutely good.
1: wild that movie is yeah uh
0: i watched the night before for the first time
2: super
0: uh fun. loved it fun time all my favorite people uh seth rogan tripping on shrooms is one of the most accurate accurate depictions i have found of tripping on shrooms in cinema um watched the killing for the first time Four and a half stars. Watch Paths of Glory. Five stars. Watch Better Watch Out. Wow, what a wild movie that was. Uh, four stars. I watched True Story for the first time with James Franco and Seth, not Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. Um, that was pretty solid. Three and a half. Night. I watched rewatch night before with my dad. Four and a half. I gotta take a breath. <laughs> um, Watch Crawl for the first time. That was solid. Uh,
2: i own that i really gotta watch it
0: it's really cheesy but yeah. it's a fun time um i watched being charlie a rob reiner film with nick robinson that was really good carrie elwis is also in it um i watched trial of the chicago seven for the first time written and directed by aaron sorkin fucking unbelievable uh, Aaron Sorkin's
2: just the fucking goat
0: dude he really knows how to write a script um <laughs> Uh, holdovers I already talked about Rewatch Bridge to Terabithia when, uh, since For the first time since I was like 8 or 9 uh, Fucking sobbed uh, Home Alone I watched on Christmas Day uh, Oh which was yesterday uh, Four and a half stars Go Christmas movie uh, Watched Paranormal Activity 4 Which I already told you guys about uh, <laughs> Pretty terrible uh, Especially since I enjoyed the other ones uh, It's pretty bad Uh, and then I, right before we recorded today, I watched Ma with Octavia Spencer, made by the same guy who did The Help. Uh, Ma is terrible. Don't watch it. There's no reason to watch that movie. It's Absolutely. The
1: trailer of that movie freaked me out when it first came out. Well,
0: how old were you when that first came out? You were like, you were like eight when that came out, Jagger. (laughs) Yeah. God, that makes me feel old. Same. I was in high school when that trailer came out.
2: I was in university. Almost oh done my university. gosh! I was almost <laughs> done
0: university. <laughs> that's crazy, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. Uh, best ones were probably Night Before, We're All Going to the World's Fair, um, and Trial of Chicago Seven. Go check out all of those. Those are all streaming um, somewhere. I uh, um,
2: I heard you don't like the Paranormal Activity movies, Jagger.
1: Oh, I hate them. I find them to be really, really boring. Uh, I even think the there's... first three. Uh, the the first one almost put me to like to sleep. Uh, and then when but he ended... loves Skinamarink. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay,
2: I like Skinamarink, but that's crazy because
1: when the credits to paranormal activity rolled i had been told it was scary and i was so disappointed that i just walked away from the television i was What mad. about the
2: third one the third one is great Is that the one that happens
1: in the it's past the, Yeah
2: it's the kids the two kids Yeah dude that's the that scariest one That's my favorite one it's such a banger
1: It's so good Is it um, decent Well then maybe i'll give it a shot No it's really I'll... good it's it's yeah, got it's that like a like, 80s
2: vibe to it
1: mm. and it's uh. yeah no it's actually really good yeah i'll get back to you after watching that one
0: because yeah if you you well you got to watch the second because the four paranormal activities they they it's the same characters so you got to watch the second one and then
2: i i still really like the second one it's got a second one is i
0: i enjoy as well that has some jump scares in it that got me yeah first Um,
2: three are really good and then the know. third one. The fourth yeah.
0: one you don't need to I mean
2: you can if you really want boring.
0: if the end of uh. if the ends of 2 2 and 3 intrigue you, you can watch the fourth
1: one, Wait, but it's, it's not necessary. The director of the third one is the same director of Catfish. I I think so. Well, then you can count me in. I love Catfish. <laughs> Trey, have yeah. you seen Next of Kin?
2: No. The the most recent one?
0: Oh, no. I've only seen 1 through 4. I've never you, seen any of the extended universe. So, ones.
2: you should check out Next of Kin. It's the most recent one. It's not connected to the other ones. It's set on an Amish farm.
0: Is I it think it's scary? on
2: Prime. It's actually not bad. I I liked it, okay. and I I really don't like 4, 5, and 6, yeah. But yeah. actually, I think four, Next of Kin is not bad.
0: The, the thing with 4 is I like the storyline about Hunter and Katie, but there just wasn't enough of it
2: yeah and then hunter
0: or robbie yeah holy fuck dude that kid was terrifying yeah the
2: end of four is really weird and then i think they really they they sold it so hard because i saw four in the the theaters Mm -hmm. and the trailer for four had so much of the front door open shit you know, with the like home security stuff. Oh
0: yeah. If they would, I wish they would have utilized that. Same, more. Cause they sold um, the
2: trailer on that. So yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, Evan, thank you for coming back on today. Oh, uh, we will definitely me. have you ag- again on in the future. We love having you on here. That was super um, fun. uh, everybody, if you want to, if you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment. Uh, what stuff have you been watching recently and what your thoughts are on the before trilogy? Uh, and we love to hear from you guys. If you're on Spotify, hit that hit that uh, subscribe button. Hit that follow, follow button, button. Whatever it is. Yeah, I mean there there's Apple Podcasts and Amazon. If you're listening to us, hit that follow button. Leave us a review, please. Um, it definitely helps us figure out what we need to do better on. Um, let me think. Uh, socials. I'm Trey, the film noob, everywhere. Uh, I'm thinking about starting to stream on Twitch, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, just Ooh. playing movie games and talking about movies uh, is what I will possibly be doing there. Also, follow me on my TikTok. I'm like two followers away from 500 followers, so follow me on there. Um, uh, Jagger is Jagger film fan on Letterboxd. Jagger the movie guy on Instagram and Twitch. And Jagger film reviews on TikTok and Twitter. uh Evan is Evan O. Is it five six seven? Yeah, five. Six, Evan seven. O Five six seven on Letterbox. If you want to follow him, go check out his profile. He has basically every Barbie movie at a five star. Yeah. Um, Shout sh- out. Uh, to that. That's but join up. us again on Friday, where me and Jagger. Uh, we'll be reviewing Lolita and Spartacus, our next two films in our Stay the Kubrick watch-through, and then next Tuesday, where we will be reviewing—oh, what are we doing next Tuesday? Um, let me find it real quick. Stay with me. Oh, uh, we will be reviewing—wait. Oh, we're doing Before Sunrise soon. Uh, oh, we will be reviewing doing... the film Jar Beam. Next
1: Tuesday. Is that uh, J B? Whatever it is. Something whatever it is.
0: Some, some Indian film. Um, but looking forward to that. Uh, looks good. Uh, so we'll be reviewing that next Tuesday. So join us back for that. Um, thank you for be- coming on The Average Film Enjoyers today. Uh, spend some time with your family this week. Watch a good film. Um, and let us know what you watch. Come back to us on Friday for more yeah.
1: Stanley Kubrick.
0: Yes. <laughs>